In our previous reading, Christiana and her ever-increasing company of pilgrims added feeble mind and ready to halt, as well as Gaius's daughter, Phoebe, as James' wife. They then came to the town of Vanity and stayed in the house of Nason, finding the town much less hostile to, Christ- to pilgrims than it was during Christian's time. And while staying there, Greatheart and several other worthy men fought back a great monster that had periodically plagued the town. In our present reading, the pilgrims continue on their journey where they fight against giant despair and come, after to, and come afterwards to the shepherds upon the delectable mountains. Now, with the daughters of Nason as wives for Joseph and Samuel, the company set forth once again, and they quickly came to the place <clears throat> where Faithful was martyred. There they pause and they thank God for his testimony. We ought to do likewise whenever we come upon reminders of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are faithful even unto death. We are not historical orphans, rather we do indeed stand upon the shoulders of those who went before us. Their faithfulness ought to make us thankful that the same God who upheld them is still our God. After then passing by the hill Lucre and its silver mine, the pilgrims came to the delectable mountains. And here Christiana had encouraged her four daughters-in-law to commit their little ones to the shepherd of those mountains. For this man, if any of them go astray or be lost, will bring them again. He will also bind up that which is broken and will strengthen them that are sick. Here they will never want meat or drink or clothing. Here they will be kept from thieves and robbers. For this man will die before one of those committed to his trust shall be lost. And besides, here they shall be sure to have good nurture and admonition and shall be taught to walk in right paths. That, as you know, is a favor of no small account. So here Bunyan is not describing infant baptism, for he was a Baptist, nor is he describing baby dedications. Rather, he means the steady, intentional effort of parents to bring their children before the Lord in prayer, to cast their salvation and their well-being solely upon him. We certainly have the commands of Scripture to diligently raise our children in God's word. However, no parent is mighty enough to secure the, the, the salvation of the soul of their child. We must ultimately rely upon the Lord and trust that he will keep his own and that his love for them is far greater than our love for them. If you are a parent, are you heeding Christiana's counsel? How often do you pray for your children? And how regularly do you bring them to God's throne of grace? Upon viewing Bypath Meadow, where Christian and Hopeful were taken captive by giant despair, the pilgrims decided to attack despair and demolish his castle. And so Greatheart, Honest, and Christiana's four sons went forth to slay the giant and rescue any pilgrims that he might have had bound in his dungeon. One writer notes that, This is the work and aim of every faithful minister of Christ, to destroy giant despair and demolish Doubting Castle in the hearts of God's children. A more awful character is not in the world than the man who assumes the ministerial name and character without understanding the nature of that ministry of reconciliation, which is committed to everyone who is really called and sent of God. And indeed, here again, Greatheart proves to be a model minister, bold to wield the sword of the Spirit and yet reliant not upon his own strength. In the battle, Despair's wife is quickly slain, but Despair himself was slow to die. 
and eventually the pilgrims were triumphant and managed to rescue the two captive pilgrims that he had, Mr. Despondency and his daughter, Much Afraid. After securing them, they began to demolish Doubting Castle, which took seven days. Then, as they returned to the other pilgrims, there was much dancing and music from all the pilgrims at the giant's death. And indeed, when despair and doubt die, how can God's people not rejoice? David, who certainly had his own battles with this giant, wrote to the Lord in Psalm 30, verses 11 through 12. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. George Offer, he summarizes this battle and gives a brief warning. He says, The struggle with despair may be dangerous and painful and long continued, but it shall finally be successful. I am persuaded, saith the apostle, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul demolished the castle and slew the giant, but sin can rebuild the castle, make it remain, and make despair the giant live again. Now, after, saying, after slaying the giant despair, demolishing the castle, and rescuing his captives, the company then met the shepherds who dwelt within the delectable mountains. Greatheart quickly affirms them as true and godly shepherds because they did not despise the weak and frail pilgrims within the company. And indeed, they called feeble mind, ready to halt, despondency, and much afraid, all by name to welcome them in, knowing that they had greater need for such security of acceptance than the others who were stronger. Furthermore, knowing that, furthermore, the shepherds prepared a, a full feast of food that was easily digested for these weak pilgrims. By all of this, Bunyan is keeping before our eyes the duty of the strong in God's kingdom to care for the weak. After all, whenever we do so, we are imitating Christ who descended from his eternal and heavenly throne to serve and to give himself up for us. In the morning, the shepherds then took the pilgrims to see the sights that they displayed to Christian, as well as to see some new ones. So here Bunyan gives four new rarities for these Christians. First, they looked upon Mount Marvel and found a man <clears throat> that tumbled the hills about with his words. The shepherds, the shepherds reveal that this man is the son of Great Grace, who was a champion of the king, much like Greatheart that part one described to us. This picture is to teach pilgrims how mountains and other such difficulties may be tumbled aside by faith. Second, they looked upon Mount Innocent, where they saw a man clothed in white named Godly Man, being covered with dirt by two men named Prejudice and Ill Will. And yet, however much dirt they cast upon him, it would not stick to his garments. And so it is with the smears and slanders of the wicked against the godly. They cannot soil the godly man's innocence before God. Thirdly, they went to the Mount Charity, where they found a man with a bundle of cloth that he cut pieces from to give to the poor, and yet the cloth never diminished. And of course, this is a picture of how God provides abundantly to those who give freely. And finally, they found two men, fool and want wit, trying to wash away the blackness out of an Ethiopian's skin. 
While this particular picture may make modern readers a bit squeamish, we ought to quickly point out that Bunyan was simply making a similar point to the prophet Jeremiah when he wrote in verse 23 of chapter 13, Can an Ethiopian change his skin or a leper his spots? Then also you can do good who are accustomed to doing evil. Here Bunyan specifically targets the hypocrite who attempts to get a good name. And he says, such task is as foolish as trying to wash out the darkness of an Ethiopian's skin. Now, finally, Mercy finds herself fascinated and longing for a mirror within the palace of the shepherds. This mirror, as the margin notes, is the word of God, which Bunyan has taken from James chapter 1. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is, what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and, pers- and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And indeed, mercy delights in the mirror because it would show one's own features exactly, but also turned another way, it would show the prince of the pilgrims. And that is, of course, the twofold nature of God's word. On one hand, it reveals to us the depths of our own heart, while on the other hand, it reveals Christ himself to us. Such a wonder ought to stir up in us as much longing as it did for mercy. And indeed, because it shows us ourselves rightly and shows us by faith, the faith, the face of our Savior, all God's people should be able to say with the psalmist, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week, grace and peace.